Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. It feels so miraculous to to see that I was so, gosh, I mean, I was so suicidal. I was so depressed. I was so isolated. And to know how I feel now and how freely I feel in my heart and, and walk, um, it's, it's incredible. And it is miraculous. Only God can do that. And if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Throughout her life, today's guest asked over and over, God, where are you? Eventually, she found him, and she shares this in a new book that she's recently released, Look What You've Done, The Lies We Believe and the Truth That Sets Us Free. We're joined today by Tasha Layton. She is a singer and a songwriter, and now an author. She is going to share with us a bit about her testimony and about her new book. We're joined today by Tasha Layton. She is... An amazing woman, a busy woman, a wife, a mother, a singer. You're just coming off tour, and now you've added to your list of titles an author. Your book is titled Look What You've Done, The Lies We Believe, and the Truth That Sets Us Free. Tell us a little bit about this book and what inspired you to put a book out into the world. Oh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to talk with you guys. I... um I started writing stories about my life and little lessons God had taught me along the way, just really for posterity. I'd had some folks say, you know, you should really write some of these stories down, even for your grandkids, you know, and so mm-hmm. started writing stories down. And then um, I put that on pause because I had a baby and I wrote a different book uh, in the meantime. And so um, after I, you know, had the kids and put that other book out, I thought, you know what? I really want to revisit this book. And so I went back and I realized I had 40,000 words and I was like, okay, (laughs) maybe I have something here. And um, all of the themes, you know, that were in every chapter kind of fit the theme of look what you've done. God, you were in my story all along and, and you will continue to be in my story and look what you've done so far and what you're going to do. And so, um, Long story short, I just spent last summer editing it and getting it ready. And then uh, we put it out into the world. It's like having a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What's amazing with you is you're very vulnerable in the story and you have lived life. You you grew up in rural South Carolina. You ended up going on tour um, as a backup singer with Katy Perry. We worked in the mission field in Kenya. These are all things you never, ever dreamed that you do, but you have done. Why did you decide to be so vulnerable in this book? You know, I really believe that you're not going to help anybody else in this life unless you're honest. I think, um, you know, scripture says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I think when you're really honest about your testimony, it makes people feel not alone. And then they feel like they can um, share their story and they can overcome some of the same things. What I love, again, about your story and your testimony is that it's not the perfect story. There's struggles. There's pain. You dealt with depression. You dealt with suicide. And one of the main things that you dealt with that led to all that was a painful church experience. Tell us a little bit about that and how you did eventually manage to find your way back to God. Well, I'd grown up in church and had had, you know, nothing but positive experiences positive experiences until I was a teenager. And then I was really wounded in the church by a church leader. 
um, that's probably another story for another podcast, but I couldn't reconcile what I was experiencing in the church with what I had read about in the gospel, that we were supposed to lift each other up and love and all those things. And people were being so mean. And I, I really just, I was disillusioned by the whole thing. And I went searching. I I studied other religions. I um, went to Buddhist meditation camp and synagogue and mosque. And I, I just did everything I could do because I was hurting. And it was at that probably the end of that road of searching uh, where I just felt like I didn't have any other option but to take my life. And um, I share about that in the book. And at that lowest of low moment, I had a realization that in all these other things, I am striving to pursue God or enlightenment or trying to be good enough. But in the gospel, Jesus is in pursuit of us. It's Emmanuel, God with us. He stepped down into our world and he is pursuing us. Thank God it's not all up to us. <laughs> Thank God he made the first move and he loved first. It wasn't until your your 30s where you truly were able to discover God. What was that like? You know, I think I I was confused as to why I'd grown up in the church. I had gone to seminary, you know, been a worship leader and a pastor at a church, and yet I still didn't feel free. And I, I didn't know why I didn't feel free. And I was very frustrated by that. And sitting on a counselor's couch at 30 years old, I realized I have been living through the lenses of lies in my life and didn't even know it. Um, you know, scripture says that the enemy is the father of lies and he can't really take us out. But if he can get us to believe a lie, we'll self-destruct. And I think most of us start believing lies in our lives um, from the time we're, you know, three and four and five years old. Um, we have these little hooks of lies. I'm not good enough. I'm not worth getting to know. I'm a failure. I'm worth rejecting or um, I'm not lovable. You know, just you name it. Um, the list goes on, but I was living through those lies and I, I didn't even realize it. And so I was pretty surprised, um, honestly, to, to know where some of it all started. And thank God that he took me back to those places and told me the truth about what happened and how I should feel about those situations, because it really produced freedom in my life. What would you say? I can relate to you with the pain in the church. I left the church completely. Didn't want to research anything, just completely left. It didn't want anything to do with it. And eventually, like you said, God brings you back. It's amazing uh, how he can work. But what would you say to someone who's in the midst of that right now and is thinking, well, no, that's not going to happen in my life. What would you say to that person? Man, don't be scared. I'd say don't be scared to ask questions. God's not intimidated by your questions or how you're feeling. Just keep pouring your heart out to him, even if you're doubting that he's even there, um, because he is. And truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. And he is the way, the truth and the life. And so he is there listening. He's with you now. And I would say to the people in church um, who are on the other side of that, who are firm in their faith, don't judge the people who are searching because you don't know what their journey is, and you don't know what God is doing in their lives. Just have patience with them and just love. Love is powerful, and we underestimate the power of God's love, and sometimes we just want to judge instead of love. Mm. 
I love that. In the context of God's timing, you say that his no today may just lead us or may lead you to a much more beautiful yes. How do you manage that no of the present with that in mind? I don't think I managed it well at certain seasons in my life. Um, I think there were a lot of seasons in my life where when I heard a no or I felt a no, I either went against it or mm. I was angry. Um I think it took some humbling and it took some no's that were very, very painful for me to learn how to navigate the no. And I think now when I feel a no, um, I'm thankful for it because I don't know what God is either saving me from or preparing me for or what he's doing. Um, But I treat no's differently now for sure. I think um, now I trust him because I know how much he loves me. I think earlier in life, it was harder for me to trust him with the no, because I wasn't sure that he was fully on my side. I wasn't sure that he fully loved me or, you know, we have those thoughts of, I believe good will happen for everyone else but me. Um, Mm. Or, man, God, are you holding out on me? All these things are happening for other people, but not for me. And I think ultimately it was tied to whether or not I truly believed that he had my best interest in mind and that he loved me. Mm. Now that you're on the other side of all this and you're experiencing that joy and that freedom, when you look back at all those struggles and those moments in your life where it felt awful, what do you think of all of that? Like, can you see the impact that all of those moments had on your life? I can definitely see the impact now in hindsight. I think when you're walking through it, you can't see the forest for the trees. Uh, <laughs> and it's tormenting and miserable um, and isolating. But I think now looking back, gosh, even in that, God didn't waste it. He didn't waste my experiences or my pain or my heartache. Um, every bit of it now is informing, you know, how I I do what I do now, how I minister, how I write songs, how I sing them, how I write books. I mean, it's mm-hmm. everything about that is informing who I am now. And so um, I'm really thankful for it now. But while I was walking through it, I, I wish I had known back then uh, that God wasn't holding out on me, that he wasn't judging me or angry with me or um, I wish I had known some of those things earlier in life but now that I know him now um, I can see where he he didn't waste the bad if you could go back in time would you do life the same or would you change it I think I would let worry less about what people thought that would be my number one thing I would do differently because I think I was so concerned with being rejected or failure or what people thought earlier in life. And I think if it were, uh, if I had to do it all over again, I I wouldn't do that. I I would just walk boldly and um, I would try to understand how God saw me, uh, not how I saw myself. That's an important reminder, especially, especially for young women out there. Hope played a huge role in your story. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The relationship between hope and disappointment. Mm. Oh gosh. I think that, I think there were moments in my life that I didn't have hope. Um, My suicide attempt was certainly one of them. And 
I think after that, uh, hope felt different to me. Hope was not always a happy hope. It was a, I'm clinging to this hope. It was a, I am desperate and I don't have another option hope. Um, There were seasons for that. And I think hope now looks differently as well. I think the idea of hope and the feeling of hope in my heart has changed over the years. And now it's it's much more positive. Um, It's much more uh, light and joyful. I think I have a hope for all that God has in store because I trust him in a different way now than I did before. Um, So, yeah. When it comes to your book, look what you've done, the lies we believe in, the truth that sets us free. Who are you hoping will pick this book up? You know, I think this book is really for anybody. It could be just as much for the person who is searching as it is for the person who has walked with Jesus a long time, because it's really about identifying God in my story. And as you do that, Uh, my hope is that you would identify him in your own, that you could see how he's working in the valleys. He's working while you're waiting. He's working while you're getting no's. (laughs) He's working (laughs) while your hope is deferred. Um, And that that could bring some insight to, to maybe what he's doing in your life now, or at least the trust of knowing that God is in control. What's great about this book, too, is that at the end of each chapter, you give readers a relevant scripture for the season that you were going through in your life. Why did you decide to do that? I really believe that we learn best and we are the most changed when we have the opportunity to reflect and to listen and not just take in information. I think, you know, a relationship is when you speak with someone, but then you also listen as they speak back. And I think so often in our Christian faith, we we don't listen to God. We're just disseminating either information or um, taking in uh, people's thoughts or motivational sermons. <laughs> and we're not really sitting and listening with God in reference to our own hearts. And getting quiet. You know, the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. And so my hope was that through those reflection questions, um, you can take some time to really hear God's voice over your life. Yes. When you look back at everything you've experienced in your life from beginning to now, how amazing is it to see it just go from one end of the spectrum to the next? Oh, it feels miraculous. Mm-hmm. It feels so miraculous to to see that I was so, gosh, I mean, I was so suicidal. I was so depressed. I was so isolated. And to know how I feel now and how freely I feel in my heart and, and walk, um, it's it's incredible. And it is miraculous. Only God can do that. And if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Uh, yes. What is up next for you? Have any more books? Do you have a tour coming up? Any more music? Yeah, well, we just finished Hits Deep Tour with Toby Mac, and so I'm super excited to have done that, and it was such a great experience. Um, We are transitioning this week into, you know, single shows and festival season for the summer, and then we have a a tour in the fall. And So um, new music is coming out soon, too, this year. We've got another album and another single. So 
um, I'm really excited. There's a lot on the horizon. If people are interested in learning more about your book, learning more about you, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, you can either go to any social at Tasha Layton and the website is TashaLayton.com. You can get the book or music on any platform um, where you listen and uh, my website, Amazon, the whole shebang. For a listener out there that may be listening to this and is in a dark, deep, dark place in their life, what encouragement do you have for them? I would say, hold on. It's not always going to be like this. And you have more fight in you than you know. Those things that may feel like detours could be him making every crooked place straight in your life. So just hold on. It's absolutely amazing how God can work even in... <laughs> in today and how today went for for the two of us so thank you so much for joining us we do appreciate it oh my goodness thanks for having me and thank you so much for joining us and for listening today remember if you want to hear this full conversation again you can do that by checking out our podcast connections with mike tom and colleen hood you can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from don't forget to subscribe we'll talk to you again on connections